Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to the Short Ball Podcast uh, on Rugby Pass. Uh, my name's James McConey, obviously filling in for Scotty Stevenson, if you know this podcast. He is <laughs> apparently in the country but doesn't want to come in. Is uh, he? I don't know. If it's uh, what? Mills Malayina, 100 Test All Black here. Um, he, he's been seen. He's been sighted. So uh, are you saying you didn't want to come in today? I was happy to come in. Oh, okay. But, but somebody saw him. There's been a sighting of him. Sometimes sightings of him is just me, but it was definitely him because you know how slim he is right now. <laughs> wow. Ridiculous. Well, he is, in, he is in the country. That's that's the main part, right? Yeah. So I don't know what why he doesn't want to do One the of those podcast. Ones, eh? One of those ones. Is it jet lag? Is that part of the reason why you wouldn't want to come in and pod? Possibly. We would have arrived, what, yesterday? Yesterday, yep. So he wouldn't have wanted to pod today. Fine. Well, let's do it then because uh, the All Blacks lost to Ireland and that's the a lot to unpack there. And that's why we're going to talk about Ireland where you played as well, which is good so you know all these players. <laughs> I'll tell you what, mate. It's like it's been the end of the world here in New Zealand. Mm. You know, when you look on like, um, you know, the reaction and things like that, as soon as you look on stuff or the Herald, you know, they have those little wee, that little wee, those, that bubble on the right-hand side of bloody all the comments and like mm. within... Ten minutes, hundreds, hundreds. Sat Kieran Reid. Oh, uh, all these comments were coming through. That was the one that sort of like um, raised my hackles a bit because it was like, come on, mate. And then there's obviously the Bowden Barrett people come in against him. You can't criticise Brody Retallick because he's untouchable, which is good actually that he <laughs> made the mistake because it needs to be one of those guys, at least one of those untouchable players that makes a mistake. That makes a mistake. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. It was always better if Carter and McCaw made a mistake. Yeah, you knew yeah. People wouldn't be rounding in on them. No, uh, well, you can't really because you know the next time they played, they'll be world class again, oh, all the totally, time, totally. Um, so this is the thing we've got to. Uh, if if you look at, um, I guess Ireland and how well they played for starters. We kind of expected it, but why are they playing so well? What have they got right, Mills? I just, I looked at that, when watching that game and even afterwards, I was actually quite stunned. I think the Irish of old have always been a team that have, have prided themselves on passion. And so they're, they're the guys that are in the changing rooms giving you massive speeches, the rahdy rahs, you know, they don't, not quite like your high school days where you have to do, you know, one, two, three, four, five, you know, the old 10. I'll count up, 10, stomp your feet. Yeah. So not quite like that, but they're really uh, passionate. And so often it's been, that's, that's a criticism of them. You know, the past that you, you, you come through as, uh, as the opposition, you know that they're going to be fiery, you know, from the word go to around about the 15, 20 minute mark. 
now they've got they've controlled that passion, but they've also and it's interesting to hear Joe Smith after the game. Um, so it wasn't. It was um, it was Rory Best. He said, you know, they've they've learned to control that. They've built well throughout the week. They do all their prep, and then all it comes down to um, is you know controlling their emotions, but then believing because they've believed in the fact that they've done their prep, they've done all these things on the field, and that's what 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 we've seen on on the weekend. Their prep was. Absolutely amazing, and the stuff that they did, that try that they scored, great try, and some of the little wee subtle things that they did. I mean, I almost thought it was the All Blacks and Green Jumpers, um, the way that they were playing. They were playing a little bit wider, challenged the All Blacks a bit. Whereas I just, I've never seen the All Blacks, um, you know, play like this. They're really one-dimensional, hitting hitting the inside channels, and almost as if to say, like I mentioned before, the fact that you know, let's try and set this up. You know, they're going to come out physical, which they did. Let's hope we can actually, um, you know, go down those channels and actually, you know, zap the life out of them. And then later on, try and open things up. But they just, they just didn't. And the Irish just keep coming. And the more they keep um, coming up hard on defence and winning those battles, the more confidence the the Irish, um, you know, sort of. Well, the more their confidence grew. So uh, that's, the, I guess, the next question was, you know, did we play? into their hands because like you say we're hitting those inside channels I almost felt like if you related it to say looking on a menu if Ireland could order what they wanted in the first 10 or 15 mm. minutes they would have said yes could you please do the one out running um, straight at us because mm. we we would love that they don't on the menu they're not ordering Damien McKenzie in space out wide they don't want a bar of Rico Iwani, um yeah. cutting back against the grain um, running at their weaker shoulder type yeah. thing yeah. we'll just have the forwards coming at us like that and so it's kind of we just gave it to the you know we gave them exactly what they wanted yeah skip the entree straight to the menu this yeah. is what we ordered on that menu and yeah. we just ate, ate it up but yeah. I, I, I mean for a number of years we've been saying how we're the most skillful team in the world and I still believe we are the, the most skillful forward pack in the way that we sort of um, you know can ball play and things like that but our pods the, the, those, the pods you're talking about you know, the three guys they were so narrow I, I, I couldn't believe how narrow they, they were it was almost to say well well, I'm going to just basically like, uh, they're basically as close as what we are now yeah. and so when you present something like that to an opposition you, there's there's no subtleties. I'm not I'm not a threat because I'm not wide where you can give me a little wee tip, another tip on the outside. And then number of times as well, they were caught short of one guy on the inside. And so when uh, if I haven't got someone on the inside, that's the easiest way from where the balls come from to try and attack um, and and get a turnover. And the guys like Omani and 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 um, Stanler and that they just ate it up all day. And yeah. so it, it's it was a real worry. And I thought that the All Blacks. Um, we're going to come out and sort it. I think it's that first part of that second half. I think it was Stander that that um, that dropped the the ball, and their half. Um, actually, it was Omani. He got a sort of a ball from um, uh, Marmion and didn't expect it. Dropped it, and I was like, "Yep, here we go. This is when the wheels are going to start to fall off." Went to a we went to a scrum, Rito bad pass, and all of a sudden the Irish were back on attack, and it was those big moments that we've I've never actually seen usually the All Blacks sort of take advantage of that but they, for some reason and, and pressure you know has to play a big part must have been something that they, they were well they were they were under a lot a lot of pressure and the, and the, and the Irish just just, um, just capitalised on them So when, when the coaches like say Steve Hansen says uh, we're implementing a new game plan it's taking us a while I mean 
say for example, the the uh, the previous game plan that everyone struggled with was us just being fitter and faster and moving it mm. side to side so that it, you know the teams will yeah. run ragged, right? So what is this new game plan? Can you see it? And what do you think they're trying to get to? I can understand where uh, Shag's coming from. and like, There's obviously little subtleties that they're wanting to implement um, you know, from their structures. I think I, I, the, in, in, in terms of earlier on when they were playing the Australians, I think they, you know, it was just purely a fact of getting uh, a couple of men a little bit wider in, in different positions instead of their, their classic sort of 1-3-3-1 um, structure. Um, but I, 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 without being in the environment, I and trying to look at it and trying to analyze, it, I can't actually see anything. So I don't know. I'm, I'm sort of they've, they've spoken. I mean, you know, re- trying to read between the lines. I've spoken about you know, you know two pivots. Um, you know, having a um, you know Bowden, and then now all of a sudden a, a um, Damian McKenzie has two pivot roles. I haven't quite seen that run as smoothly as perhaps that they're wanting it so perhaps it's that it's getting guys around the park a bit but um, it, it must be at the moment it, it, it is and, it, and what he said they haven't got it right the, the problem that, with that is okay how do they sort of look at sort of implement, implement, implementing it so it does become right because really you've got the Italians which is the end of the tour then you you look into next year. You go the whole summer trying to come up with these things. But when do you actually put it into practice? Are they sort of looking at the the championships, which is really a well trying to get some confidence before you head into the World Cup? Okay, so let's just say they're going to the championship and they haven't quite got that right. Then mm-hmm. then what? You know, all of a sudden the pressure's right on. Or are they sort of saying, well, if we don't quite get it right then, then we'll just revert back to the to the old things that we we're doing and hope. Well, by then, would you think everyone's sort of caught up? So that, that for me, um, that sort of concerns me a little bit, the fact that they possibly have to sort of go away, think about a few things, how they're going to do it. Do they implement it during Super Rugby? They're going to have to get buy-in from the coaches. Um, it's that. And leading into the Rugby World Cup, you know, they you kind of need a little bit of certainty just before it, I suppose. Um, I'm not. I'm not too fussed. I, I still believe that we can go to, to, to Japan and, and win it. I know this is a little bit of a hiccup, but... It's a hiccup in the fact that why people are so, um, I suppose, uh, disappointed is that we actually we really got outplayed. We absolutely yeah. got outplayed in all in all facets of the game. Yeah, exactly. We have to accept that. Um, the two pivot thing's kind of interesting. I guess I, I would like to get into it because I, I've, in some ways, um, you know, teams have tried that before, often against us, and we've managed to, you know, repel them. I guess the Wallabies, uh, the 2015 World Cup had uh, Gitto and Beal yeah, in there, yeah. and um, and then you can you can see that some of our most successful teams have definitely not had two pivots at all. No. You know, almost all of our World Cup winning teams, you know, one pivot. That's it. Mm. So why why do they think now this is a good thing to do? Is it because of the kicking game is so complex and um, nuanced? Why <laughs> why is it so important? Because a lot of players have got that skill, right? Yeah. And when they Ben Smith, when he plays for the for the Highlanders, essentially he is the second in. pivot. Yeah. Well, he's always threatening in the line, right? Mm. And he just decides where he's going to receive the ball. Nehem Ilna Scudder at the last World Cup quite often would take it from first receiver because he's just so confident on the ball mm. and would get a little bit of mm. uh, movement. But he'd also um, pass it if he had to. Yeah. So why do we need the two oh, specialists? I'm not too sure. I, I think 
perhaps they've seen something that we haven't seen. I, I look at it in a way, okay, well, if you're going to have two pivots, sometimes it causes sort of confusion. Like you say, you know, who who's the actual guy that's leading the cutter when something's on here? Who who overcalls it? Is it a, is it a, an opportunity to get you know these two guys that love getting into space a little bit wider? Okay, well if we're going to do that, who's going to actually take control? Maybe they've looked at the league. You know how the league is doing. You know that the six takes care of one side, the seven takes um, care of the, uh, of the other side, and mm. and they there's two pivot pivot roles then, but then different game, and so. Um, they've they've gone on a lot about the two pivot roles, which is um, I, I don't know. It just seems they haven't quite yes, they haven't quite got it right, and they've admitted that. Um, what they're trying to get out of it, I'm not too sure yet. But at this stage, I think, I mean, even at the beginning of the year, I mean, they, they think they said they came out and said that Damian McKenzie is going to be a ten. Yeah. And now they've sort of reverted them back to to fullback. Um, I don't know what that does to guys. You know, I've, I've you know. At one stage you're playing all your rugby at ten for the for the Chiefs, and then all of a sudden you're not you're not selected for the All Blacks, but they want you to play fullback. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, you know that position you, you want to play because you want to keep getting picked, and so yeah. you almost you know lose that concentration of playing ten. So I don't know. Um, I'm not too sure where they're going with it. The only sort of conclusion I can come to is perhaps I've seen something similar to league where someone takes care of one side of the uh, of the pitches as sixes and sevens do. Yeah, um, fair call. Now, Ireland, can they win the World Cup? Because um, I guess my one misgiving with Ireland is that they are outstanding, uh, but can they all, can they back it up? Because last year they thrashed South Africa, I think, 38-3, and you're thinking, okay, this is a team that's serious. Because that's what you want from your world number one side, which Steve Hansen says they are now. Uh, but then the following week, I think they only just beat Fiji. And then... Pumas by nine, which is their classic sort of score score against Argentina. I think they beat them by eleven or something like that this time around. And now, um, and then I think in the Six Nations they needed a massive drop goal from Johnny Sexton to beat France yeah, in the last seconds, but then went through unbeaten. So that's cool. Yep. Uh, went down to Australia, lost the first test, won the next two, but then they were only by four or five mm. points. So. The thing is, they're super competitive, so hard to beat, but is that enough? Do you think they're even going to have to evolve again next year to win the World Cup, well, Ireland? I, I think what they've shown is that they can. They can evolve. They, yeah. they, the ability to be able to adapt, you know, the way that they've come out and played against the All Blacks and sort of gone from, um, you know, where they were to, to where they are now. So, yes, they have. I mean, on any given day, you know, there's a number, there's a handful of teams that can win the World Cup. The question is now, how do they build? I mean, this has always been a question of mine, um, you know, against other sort of um, nations. You know, yes, you can beat the All Blacks once, once, twice, but have they got the same expectations that the All Blacks have? The fact that they've got to go out and win every single t- Look at the way we've responded to this. Look at the way yeah. our nation responds. And this is the pressure that the All Blacks are constantly under. And so you look at the South Africans. They beat us um, here in Wellington. Um, then you know they go down and, and and lose. They go over to England and can't quite quite win. It's it's that you know. So I want to look at the fact that you know can the Irish, which I think they will. I think can they push on from this, push on through the Six Nations, um, and then Japan is a totally different story because you're away. You know it's a seven week tournament, um, and anything can happen. But certainly with the evidence that you've seen in terms of adaptability, mm-hmm. they can evolve. Um, yeah, I can't wait for it. That's so good. Ireland, um, uh, one, one player we, I just want to talk about, uh, 
um, is Bundy Aki, who's a Chiefs. <laughs> Chiefs boy and he's um, Irish now, isn't he? Oh, he's yeah, Irish, yeah. He but he he started he played his rugby for counties Monaco over here. Um, signed by the Chiefs, playing second five and a. I mean, you would have been as what would it, Komato were there? I guess <laughs> yeah, looking mate. after him. Yeah, and uh, but did you actually encourage Bundy to go over to Ireland? So are you to blame for oh, this All Blacks <laughs> defeat? Did you start? This recruitment drive that pretty much no. ultimately ended the no. We just the country. We spoke about going to the same club, and then we had a few conversations about the opportunities that he might have over there. And oh, yeah. look at them. I mean, I was really proud of the way Bundy's gone gone over there and sort of applied it. You know, his trade and now is like this is what people don't know. Realise in New Zealand, he's an absolute superstar. In, in, in Ireland, and you've, this is it's a great story behind. It. You know, Tana he worked at Westpac. Tana went in there and said, "Mate, you got to come come out and play um, some rugby. Maybe play club rugby, and then go on and make counties." We went on to make counties. Now you, you go to the then makes the Chiefs. You're in a Chiefs environment where you've got uh, Sonny Bull in front of you, and so every now and then he'll get a game. And uh, Andrew um, and Hosa, you know, Andrew Hall was there as well. So um, you know, he's constantly being rotated and. Now he's over there in Ireland. He goes and sort of applies his trade over there, becomes Irish, an Irish citizen, gets his passport. He's eligible to play for Ireland. And look what he's doing. And this is this is what, you know, when you talk about the talent that leaves New Zealand, this is the, this is the kind of thing that you sort of think, wow, it's worrying, but it also you've also got to look at the fact we've got so much talent. Now, Bundy had stayed. Mm. Well, what's who's to know where, if he was going to push on? Look at Anton Lennon Browns in there now um, uh, at, at the Chiefs, uh, you know. And so, would he have gone on? We'll never know. But has he made a, a good decision? I, I think he has. I think. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the." F- are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. And a really hard one. This is why I take my hat off to guys like this because they're in a, you know, a little bit of a predicament. What do I do? You know, do I stay and, and, um, and, you know, try and make the All Blacks, or do I go away and then and see and see what happens over there, and really try and, and, and push myself? And and now he's he's uh, he's an international player, and so that's those are the real hard decisions guys have to make, and people don't actually realise because he could have easily have stayed and just been a good old Super Rugby player. And oh, people, bank teller at Westpac, rolling rolling some bloody hey some uh, some notes. Yeah, he's rolling notes now, mate. He really is. 
I mean, is he doing well? Yeah, he has. He's got a great contract, surely. Um, so uh, looking, at, we're going to maybe park all that because we've talked about it and we obviously, you don't want anyone sacked from the All Blacks, do you, Mills? Nah, you want to call anyone out right now? Nah, nah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a bit early at the moment to be talking, you know, when people, who's going to be the next coach and things. Well, why, why can't we just enjoy, you know, we've lost. Okay, we lost. Yeah. We And we were, we're beaten by a better team, but... You know, we've got the next 12 or so months, or less than that, to actually get behind our team and look forward to the, the, the Rugby World Cup. And the thing is, for the first time, and this is, you know, for me, it was actually really good, for the first time in a long, long time, a number of years, before the game, it actually, you, you didn't know who was going to win. And we, I can't remember the last time, you know, we actually felt like this, where you, you kind of knew, oh, you're playing Australian. Yeah, they might play good. If we lose, oh, yeah, we're still better than we'll, we'll beat them. And, and we do. For the first time before this game, you just couldn't pick. It was almost like yesteryear yeah. when we used to play the, the Wallabies or um, all the South Africans. And you're just like, oh, man, you're just, you're crapping yourself because you're thinking, far out, are we going to win? Are we no hope? You know, so it was, yeah. it was just an exciting week of, uh, of rugby. Yeah, fair call. Cool. I mean, um, the one thing I was going to say is that uh, I wanted to, um, stick up for Kieran Reid. He seems to be copping so much flack out there. I, I, as an armchair critic, I still think Kieran Reid's arguably one of the best players in the team. And if there was, for example, if international rugby, you could have a trade situation or you know swap players like it was soccer or basketball, club basketball or something, heaps of teams would oh. would sign Kieran Reid. Straight away, and and uh, Bowden Barrett, all these players that have been criticised in the in the past couple of months, they'd be the first people to go for. Easy. So, so what's the story? I mean, I can't. I know he made that mistake, but I can't see exactly how his play has diminished that much. I mean, he's you know he's come back from a back injury. Oh, that's about it. Mm. But you know, he's still amazing. Oh, right? That's what I don't get. I mean, people go on about he's lost it. You know, we've got to get rid of him. What? I'm like, you were kidding yourself. I know, yeah, he charged that ball down and he didn't quite pick it up. Okay, he acknowledges that. But he's he is the best captain at the moment. He's our best captain, our best number eight. So I don't know why people all of a sudden are saying he's lost it. You know, perhaps they're feeling the fact that he's not going to be around after 2019. That might, you know, answer. But if you looked at Kieran Reid, okay, Oh, you look at it as forget about the captaincy stuff because I think he's the best captain and, and he should be our captain. But who here in New Zealand can actually, would you say, would replace him at number eight then? Oh, exactly. I think he's, I think his standards are so high. He'll be gutted that he um, didn't grab that ball from the charge down, but still quite a tough. I mean, it just happened. It probably didn't bounce as high as he thought it would. I don't know what. I mean, it doesn't matter. There are mistakes that happen in top level sport, and you see it all the time. So I just don't think that it necessarily has to start this wave of, um, you know, the. The, the hatchet job articles about him and the, you know, basically the townsfolk with the pitchforks, you know, <laughs> vigilantes out there coming for Kieran Reid. That's no. what annoys me a little bit. No. It's just like, because we say that we're mature about our losses now and we're, we are a lot better <laughs> because everyone's given Ireland uh, full credit, as Fitzy would say. But I think now what happens is we get the knives out for the players, the yeah. Kiwis. Straight away. We're yeah. sharpening the knives for every single yeah, player. Straight away. Yeah. Why is he there? What have they yeah, done? This he should be this. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Far out. That's starting again, isn't it? It is. Oh. It is starting. But, Did, know, what was know, it like as a player? Oh, sorry, you carry on. No, I was just going to say, like, I think you're right. I think it's 
in some ways uh, for the environment, it's actually good that those senior players made those mistakes. You know, we talk about yeah. uh, Brady Retail because oh, you know, for for a lot of youngsters, I don't know how they'd they'd be able to sort of take some of this criticism because it is. It's and to lead on to your question, how was it? Now, the last thing you want to be doing is actually going out in public after you've played a shit game or yeah. you've lost or. It's the worst thing. It's kind of like, you know, but you're just telling yourself you got to get out there. But people, you just know, they're looking, oh, yeah, mate, there he goes. Bloody crap, mate, you know? Yeah. So I'm kind of glad that, you know, the big the mistakes that the guys that didn't play as well as what they usually do are the, are the senior guys because, you know, they're the ones that are always going to get picked first and there's no doubting, you know, their, their position in the team. And so to make those mistakes and carry that on board, I think it's, it's a good thing. It's a good... It'll make them better. It's a mm. good, healthy thing to have because we can't always have it our own way, right? No. Although we really want to. Yeah, I mean, there's always going to be criticism in whatever job you do, but I just sort of think that classic thing about the adoring public, they're not necessarily that adoring all the time, are they? <laughs> they're, 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 they'll find a... And it's, it's funny how you say that that they'll say something. They really do in New Zealand, don't they? They don't really hold back mm. if they think that you're... Did something wrong in a game of rugby? Yeah. They'll they'll sort of they'll definitely let you know, won't they? Has it happened to you a few times? No, I, I don't. I've never minded. I've I've always sort of taken You're... on criticism. People are relatively quite good, you know. You sort of have a good yarn, but that, but deep down inside, you know, you well, you know whether you played kaka or not. So yeah, it's but yeah, I've we did we have as Kiwis we've have, we've come a long way. I just hope. Um, that hasn't sort of crept in, and the biggest thing from now until the next year's World Cup is that you know I suppose we haven't really got a chance to rectify things, you know, to get, you know, and the champion of well, the championship. Yes, we can, we can do it that way, but I hope they're not still experimenting. Oh. Well, that's that, that's one thing we should probably we've got to look ahead to Ireland. Uh, I mean, not Ireland, Italy this week. Um, I hear there will be uh, a few changes. A few you'll yeah. see some of that, and that makes sense to bring in um, those young players who have been left out in the cold a bit. Um, I just want to spare a thought for Geordie Barrett, who made um, one mistake in Wellington, and yeah. and now he's sort of been <laughs> left out in the cold by by the selectors. I, I'm guessing Geordie will get a run, and um, I, I've still got a lot of time for him because I just see there's so many ridiculous skills from, oh, mate, from Geordie. He's talented, and... Yeah. <sighs> I, don't, I I personally believe he's a, he's a second five centre. Yeah. Like the skill set that he's got is, is amazing. He's got good height. He's going to fill out. Um, he's got plenty of confidence and uh, things like that. So and he's played there a lot. But you're right. It's um she's cutthroat, man. Like yeah. if you're you know one bad thing and all of a sudden you know well he was starting all those games last year. You know McKenzie yeah. was starting a few too or oh, before he got injured. But it was. This is how cutthroat you know um, it can be in the All Black environment, mm. especially too uh, on the back end of a loss. So there will be heaps of changes, and people got to understand as well. It's a it's a long season. When you go on the end of your tour, one of the biggest things that you have to try and o- overcome is the mental side of things. It's a long tour. You go over to stink weather. You got guys. You got a stink. Could have a stink roommate who comes in and it just oh, yeah. niggles at you. People are Instagram Instagramming now, but back then it was just sort of you're looking on the news and you're seeing photos of people having their barbecues and all you want to do is come home. So you're kind of fighting the fact you want to come home as well as playing for the best team in the world. But you've also got to get yourself over there, and that's why I thought you know with the one and two playing against each other they might get the boys up. And um, but yeah, it just from. Well, no, we're going back to it. It just they just didn't look excited as what I 
maybe we're over aroused. Sometimes mm. you can get like that and make mistakes. But now is the time now to get those guys that have been touring for the last what four or five four weeks or so five weeks um, to let them finish off. There's no there's no doubt we're going to beat the bloody the Italians, right? Yeah. Um, so give them a, give them a go and um, and see what they can um, provide leading into next year before they come back to summer. Yeah, bit of confidence, conjure up some moves, um, get their arousal levels. As you're saying, the last thing I'm you want right. to be is over-aroused yeah, no. and um, just for a rugby game. <laughs> so, like, I, um, I've, I've got two more notes here. One is uh, Akira Iwani. Oh, yeah. What do we do about somebody who seems like the, the best ball carrier, given that ball carrying seems to be a little bit predictable at the moment? And um, and obviously there's not much space. You're not expecting everyone to do the via for feeta, run the bend and score that try like you did in New Plymouth. Yeah. So is it time that they have to sort of say, we've seen enough from you, we need to get you out there and see if you can handle test match footy? Well, I, I was quite surprised he didn't get going on the tour, you know, when yeah. his name was left out. So I, in considering, you know, they've taken him on the last couple of years, so they've had him in the environment. I don't know what he had done wrong, but certainly with, with what they've given him to go back to the, the Maldives, perhaps it's given him a bit more confidence to go out and perfect some of the skills they're asking him to perfect. But I'd love to see him back in there because I think not only his running game, I'd like to see him grow. Like, and I've seen that in the Mighty 10 Cup this year where he's actually starting to mature, give the little balls when he um, when it's on, you know, drawing past. Those simple skills that, you know, um, whereas a lot of a lot of, majority of the time he just sort of thought, well, I'll, I'll, I'll put it on myself to finish this. He's given these passes when they've been going backwards off the back of the scrum. You know, he's got them going forward, and, and not by by one or two meters. He's gotten well over the game line, considering he's going backwards. So, I would love to see him grow and grow a bit more in terms of the physical role. Mm. Um, we all know how 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 um, good he can run and how elusive he is, but those hard those hard hard meters, similar to what I'm talking about behind a, a scrum that's going backwards, but but also being physically dominant come tackle time. You know, not just being wanting to get over the ball. Like I I kind of think if he can get that and um, over the summer, especially with um, you know with Leon and um, and Tom and, and Tana. And come out fizzing in that, that Super Rugby competition next year, he can be an absolute beast. Yeah, I'd love to see that. Um, and uh, there's two, two other notes, actually. Obviously, there's two, but now there's, okay. Another one. Carl Tuanukuafi, apparently, the word is that um, Steve Hansen was saying to somebody, and this is kind of like, I've just heard it via another source that. And now he lost all that weight, that yeah. he was 170 kgs. Yeah. Now he's about 120 or something. Yeah. That he still moves or feel he hasn't got used to his new body which is something that's kind oh, of an interesting yeah. thing there's yeah. not many players you can really say that have have lost that much weight suddenly they're an athlete and he still sometimes moves like he's the old him the old him yeah fascinating that's, isn't that's, it that is actually I could, i'd believe that actually you yeah, gate yeah, yeah. everything you know you gate yeah i've heard that many a times eh? yeah it could be that yeah, it could actually be right it could be actually true because you yeah. can imagine i'd hate to think where he's come from 170 and then you've lost all that weight yeah you wouldn't initially think you'd move you know you'd, 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 what, you wouldn't know could, yourself would you no, you wouldn't. getting up like the old silly posturepedic head like <laughs> bounce out and start of my day like, yeah. i would never get out of bed like that and yeah. I never will yeah but well, I mean he, he's another guy you know he's come on and incredible incredible story mm. but 
was dealt some good lessons as well in terms yeah. of because we've all we've all heard how strong he is. Just needs to tweak up a few technical things, but he's gotten away with it because he's been so strong. No, he was up against Furlong in the weekend, and you know they went backwards. They fixed it up, you know. So there's massive learnings in there, and that's what people got to take on board. The fact that they were going backwards in the second half, throughout the middle part of that. Um, second half, they came back and they actually started to dominate. When the other forwards came on, they dominated. So, for a guy like 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 Carl, you know that's massive learnings for him going mm. forward because now he knows that he's not always going to get it your own way. And that's what that's what guys like that need. They need to be able to be put under pressure, go backwards a few times before they can actually mm. dominate again. Yeah, and I guess when you have those learnings or lessons, you. Um, the last thing you want to do is to eat your feelings and go back to where you were. You know, because I've done that. Mate, I'll tell you, she's she's a um, she's an easy thing to do is eat your feelings. Yeah, it really is. And there's certain there's certain ways you can do it. I I know oh. emotional eating. Yeah. And what do you turn oh. to when you're emotionally eating? Do you go sweet or savory or savory? Oh, okay. Savory. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, last week we were talking about pies, and I was oh, going to yes. ask you your favorite pie filling, and um, do you have a what's your go to? Steak and cheese. So, and it doesn't matter whether it's a service station pie or kind of one of those nice oh, cafe gourmet ones. You'd still definitely go know the difference. Like yeah. usually, the, I, I sort of go through sort of different stages. So every now and then, like now, I'm would go through a stage with big Ben's, big Ben pies straight away. Straight away. Then I found a nice pie at the plastic at the bag. Yeah, plastic bag. But you mean sometimes you walk in and it's been microwaved and then put in that grill? Sometimes they're a dollar. So what do they make those pies for? Well, Big Ben, dollar well, fifty. Where are they a dollar? Out west where I live. You need to move further out west. Mate, oh, well, I'm out west. I'm in Avondale. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you where they are. It's the superette just down the road. It's nice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I'm down in Invercargill, it's the Jimmy's uh, Mince and Cheese. So you're always going cheese because I don't think cheese is wise in a pie all the time. Why? I just don't think it needs it. There's gravy in there. I like the. I, do you know one of the best pies that I had once was, and this is one of the cafe pies where you pay a bit more. It's almost like pushing up yeah. to a seven or eight dollar pie. Someone made a bolognese pie and it was bloody good. A bolognese. Yeah, so it's pretty much your, your bolognese mix just shoved in a pie. So it's mint. That's ridiculous. No, no, it's not. It's What's not. Ridiculous. It got it's got the pasta in there too. No, there's no there's no pasta sticking out. There's not like. Spaghetti everywhere. Bolognese. Bolognese. Where was oh, okay? So it's but it's a seven or eight. That's okay, seven or eight dollars. Does it justified? Mm. Maybe not. But then I was thinking, um, if the quality is good enough, I just go plain steak, and then I'm happy with the chicken and vegetable. Chicken and vegetable. If it's sometimes, good, yeah, if it's, it's well got to be good, mate. It's got to be a good one. Because it's it's all in the it's all in the pastry. Because if it starts breaking away, for me, it's like the microwave that. Or if it's too hard. Mm. Yeah, been sitting there for a while. Yeah, and I guess the, the thing with yeah, with, if it's bad quality meat, then you're better off just going mince and probably cheese to disguise it. Because cheese that's does it, disguise it. Yeah, it does. Right, eh? It's hiding um, a lot of flaws, really. The cheese. So yeah, that's that's basically our pie chat. And um, and even though it's about to get hot here in New Zealand, weirdly you actually feel like <laughs> eating pies and chips in the summer. I don't know what what it is. I'm trying to resist that. You do, eh? Yeah, you do. Oh, there is a salad vibe as well, but <laughs> nah, as soon as you go for a swim, you want hot chips. Um, is it something to do with the salt in the water maybe at the beach? <laughs> it could be. We need to do a study into this, but um, now's not the time anyway. Hey, seafood pie. Yeah, muscle pies. Mm. Is that good as well? Uh, good. Doc- yeah. Muzzers. 
That's what his name is, Muzzers Pies. Very good. Is this from down south? No, no, he's in uh, Mount Albert. Okay, shout out to Muzzy. You just got a free plug on uh, the Short Ball Podcast. And that's it from us. Uh, Scotty Stevenson will be back next week. Cheers, Mills. Thank you, James. Happy pie eating, everyone. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply, not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon.